to read the Bible on and just wave it in the air and uh, wave it like you uh, like you just don't care. It just it just naturally came natural afterwards. Say thy word. Come on, y'all. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God. Oh, come on, y'all. Say it now. Wake yourselves up. The word of God is my textbook. If you love God's word, put the phone down. Give the Lord a hand praise right now. Amen. Today, today we just want to praise God for all the individuals that gave their lives to Jesus Christ in baptism. Come on, let's put our hands together for them. Everybody that got baptized today, would you please stand? Those that were baptized today, stand right where you are. Where are all my folk that got baptized? Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. Families. And we want to also ask their family. God bless you, Dreamer. Praise the Lord. We also want to ask the family members of all those that got baptized. And if you're here, would you stand so we could just see that you're here as well? We got some kin folks. Now, come on, saints. You can do better than that. We got a whole balcony full of family and friends up there. Praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. We just always want to celebrate individuals that give their lives to the Lord. How many know the best miracle that you could ever receive is a changed life? Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to get right into the word. We're going to ask Pastor Coachman if he would just give us a little synopsis of where we come from. Okay, good. Happy Sabbath, everybody. As you know, we're continuing the series in the gray where we're trying to navigate through the gray areas of life. We're trying to see what God's word says when God's word does not say anything at all about a particular subject. All right. We promised you guys that we would get into some controversial, uh, maybe some confusing topics. And we're starting off with that today. All right. So first and foremost, here's the review. And I believe the ushers are passing out some papers and some cards for you. When you get it, just put it down and uh, we will tell you what to do with it in a second. So our first sermon was what? Oh, come on. Y'all got to help me today. Our first sermon was what? Think like a pastor. All right. Too many times a pastor and I have heard, well, you can't do that because you are a pastor. Well, if it's good enough for the pastor, it's good enough for who? That's right. Relationship with God is personal, but it's not private. You should have a personal relationship with God, but everybody around you should probably know that you love God. And if somebody wanted to get to God, they should be able to follow you in order to get there. Would you say amen? Yeah, let me just say, look, I mean, what we're saying is simply this, that as a Christian, the minute you become a Christian, when they got baptized today, you went public. Your life now is on display and Christians should not make that statement. It ain't none of your business how I live. Well, you ain't a Christian then because the whole purpose of your life is to attract people to Jesus. Amen. That's right. That's all God has is your life. He's not coming down here himself again. He has you. That's right. So Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And this should be our mantra every day as well. Then we move to the pursuit of happiness. And I told you guys that, listen, if you desire happiness in your life, more chances, more often than not, you are probably a worldly person because it is our natural inclination to try and pursue happiness, even at the expense of God. And then we went to first John where the word of God says, love, not the world. Worldliness at the end of the day is pursuing anything that is independent of God or pursuing anything independent of God, and it is moving forward, not upward in life. Then we move to the backstory, which is what we call the great controversy. The what? Great controversy, a battle between good and evil that is going on right now. The spiritual realm is actually more real than what you see with your eyes right now. We gave you a ton of quotes that tells you that actually right now, angels and demons, come on somebody, angels and demons are fighting for your soul. 
Word of God says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Every decision that we make, we are taking up arms for either one side or the other. Let me just say, and that's why, this is, this is why there are preachers and there is a Bible. Because the things that we do in life matters. And sometimes people don't want pastors to, you know, I mean, I've had, people, I've had somebody tell me, Pastor, they said, you preach like an abusive husband. I was like, wow. But what do you mean by that? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming that what she was saying, you know, sometimes preachers and sometimes the word, the Holy Spirit, listen, sometimes the Holy Spirit gets in your stuff. How, how many of you know have God has gotten in some of your stuff? Like God, I mean, you can watch, you know, religious television all you want. Some of these preachers kind of make you feel like that God just wants you to be happy all the time. He's just going to bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. But I've come to find out that when that God is also trying to change you too, right? And most of the stuff that God's trying to change is stuff that we like. And sometimes he's got to take that stuff away from us. So we put him first. Then we move to a matter of perspective, a matter of perspective. And in that text, you know, Matthew uh, 5, 48, the word of God says, Jesus says to us, be ye also perfect (laughs) as your father in heaven is perfect. We told you you can't sugarcoat that thing. God wants you to be perfect. There is no alternate meaning for that word. Perfect means without flaw. And then we basically found out through that the issue of grace. That is simply a matter of perspective. If you're looking from here to heaven, then well, obviously you can say that, well, I'll never be like God. But God looking down on you after you have accepted Christ sees Christ on you and not you. In other words, God saves you and calls you perfect while you are being perfected. All right. Yeah, and if God didn't set, let's understand. I mean, I, it is, I, I've said it. Everybody says it. Uh, I ain't perfect. I ain't perfect. All right. But you're supposed to be. I mean, how can you say that, Pastor? That's crazy. Because Jesus said, be perfect. And, and here's the thing that Pastor Colson dropped on me, and the Lord gave this to him. And, I, and watch this, guys. What he's saying, what God is doing is this. He says, I got to raise the bar so high that you can't get it. He says, because if I put the bar low where you could get it, then who would take the credit for it? Like, so the only way that you can be perfect is if who, who does it for you? God. And that's salvation. Salvation is not up to you. It's up to God. And God will, as pastor said, he will climb you up the ladder of perfection on his own so that when, uh, thank you, I see somebody praising the Lord over there. Isn't that good news that God is not going to judge you based on your imperfections, but he judges you based on his. Amen. Then we both went solo a little bit. We talked about, I'm a work in progress. And at the end of the day, we found out this. Salvation actually does not begin with us believing in God. It begins with God believing in us. If God didn't have enough faith in you to believe that if he showed you enough of himself, if he crucified himself on the cross, that you even have the opportunity to believe in him. God believes that you can change and that you can be better. That came from Philippians 1.6. He who has begun a good work in you. You didn't do that. God did that. He who has begun a good work in you will bring that thing into completion. All right? And then the pastor preached on free to be a slave. Christian lifestyle choices are not about salvation, but about mission. Yeah, this was a tough message right here because a lot of times, anybody grew up in church? If you grew up in church, raise your hand real quick. If you grew up in church, all right? Now, a lot of times, isn't it true that in church, the emphasis is always what you ain't supposed to do, right? Don't do this, don't do that, can't do this, can't do that. As a matter of fact, uh, there are some people who view Christians as for only what they don't do, right? But there's a whole lot of stuff we ought to be doing. Come on, say amen, right? But check this out now. Your boy Timothy, Paul told this young man to be circumcised just to go and reach some people. Do y'all know what circumcision is? (laughs) Okay, fellas, do you know what circumcision is? There's a man in the Bible who got circumcised just so he can go minister in a place called Galatia. His name is Timothy. 
The reason why he was circumcised is because he knew that they would not receive his word unless he became like them. Now, understand this now. Many of us are not willing to make sacrifices in our lives because it's about us. But Christian lifestyle, Christian what? Christian, in other words, the choices I make to do what I want to do in my life is not based on salvation. It's based on mission. In other words, people are watching us. And so everything I do, even the sacrifices I make, I'm just, I just want somebody to be saved. How many want somebody to be blessed as a result of your life? All right. At the end of the day, if you don't get anything else, this great series about, is about how I live, it matters. It matters. How I live, That's it right. matters. My lifestyle, my choices, my That's decisions, right. everything I do, it matters. So let's go to the word of God. We're going to highlight this real quick, and then we'll come back to it towards the end. All right, let's go. Uh, the Bible says, and if you, if you can, I'm going to shout some words out, and I want you all to repeat it back with me. Uh, follow God's what? All right, first thing he says, follow God's what? Therefore, as dearly loved what? Verse 2 says, and do what? In the of just as Christ loved us, the Bible says, and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a to God. Verse 3 says, but among you. All right, watch this now. The Bible kind of gets in your business a little bit. It says there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. Mercy. Or of any kind of, or of, because these are improper for God's what? Holy people, all right? Verse 4, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place. But rather, come on, y'all. Y'all better keep reading. Don't get scared now. Verse 5, for of this you can be what? Sure. No impure or so so what? Such a person is a what? Idolater. And has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Verse 6 says, let no one deceive you with what kind of words? For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Let's keep rolling. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Mm. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. The Bible goes on to say, live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all righteousness and, and I love this right here. And do what, everybody? Find out. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, find out. Find out. Now look at the other neighbor behind you and say, find out. Find out. <laughs> what does what? What pleases the Lord have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness but rather expose them verse 12 it is a shame the bible says even to mention what the disobedient do in but every ex everything exposed by the light becomes what visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a verse 14 says this is why it is said wake up sleeper rise from the dead and, mm -hmm. and if somebody is asleep for real tell them to wake up and christ will shine on what you Verse 15, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Verse 16 says, making the most of, God help me to do this, making the most of every what? Opportunity. Because the days are evil, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Father in heaven, we ask you right now, bless this word that we are about to share today. We don't even want to preach it. So you got to preach this thing for us today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today our subject matter is this, the gray media and entertainment. Oh, boy. We're going to have fun today. <laughs> 
Here we go. The media sphere. The pastor and I are reading this book entitled Worldliness, and it's very good. We just snapped this quote right out of there. And it says, we are so engulfed that media seems like a second atmosphere for us. In fact, one author terms our cultural surroundings as the media sphere. In other words, we have so many influences around us. We have so much external stimuli around us that mostly comes from media. It is almost as if we have another atmosphere that is surrounding the reality we call life right now. All right. Just as just as much as you breathe oxygen, you can't see it, but it's here. How you know? Because you're sitting up here alive. Amen. You take it for granted, but there's oxygen in this room. Is there not? That's why you're breathing. That's how the influence of media is. It is so pervasive that we don't even realize it's there. So just for example, let me try something real quick. Mm -hmm. I want you to name for me some media influences in life right now. Name some. Shout them out. TV. All right. What else? Somebody said Facebook. What else? Internet. What else? Instagram. Twitter. Huh? What else? Oh, why y'all got to name all the young people stuff? What about the newspaper? What about People Magazine? Novels. (laughs) Books. Sometimes novels. 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 AM radio. <laughs> uh, they attacked all the young people's stuff. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. <laughs> what about that old radio sitting in your room? Listening to Marvin Gaye. Talking about sexual healing. <laughs> Amen. Go ahead. <laughs> so TV is definitely up there. We're going to help you today by giving you some statistics from this thing. Watch this real quick. TV watching statistics. The average time spent watching TV in the USA, I believe this is in a 24-hour period, is 5.11 hours. All right? Woo! And then we break it down by race. Okay? Our Caucasian brothers and sisters, they watch TV about five hours per day. Notice that African Americans, or for most of us in here, we watch it about seven hours per day. Jesus. <laughs> Hispanics watch it about 4.35. Asian watch the least amount of TV, all right? And we already know the stereotypes that are surrounding them already, but look at, look at the fact that they watch the least amount of TV out of all the races, okay? Years, years an average person spends watching TV is nine years. In other words, in a person's lifetime, they could not measure how much TV you watch in hours. They had to measure it in years. Throughout your life, you would have watched nine years worth of TV. That's like two PhDs right. that you could have gotten mm-hmm. watching TV. Family, family TV statistics. Uh, this is the percentage of households that has one TV. 99%. Come on, say amen. <laughs> I'm just curious. Hey, Who does not have a TV? God bless you. You have, a, you, have a, you have the internet? Yeah, she has computer. Okay, so MacBook, you, so you ain't more iPhone, spiritual than us. iPhone, too. So you're not more spiritual yeah, than she, us. Yeah. Anybody else have a tele? Who does not have a TV? Okay, just want to check. All right, so that is 99%. Uh, <laughs> but she, but she, she does have a, a phone. Amen. All right. Uh, the number of TV sets in the average U.S. household, 2.24. Mm-hmm. The percentage of U.S. homes with three or more TV sets, 65%. The percentage of Americans that regularly watch TV while eating, 67%. Oh, yeah. The number of videos rented daily in the United States, 6 million. The percentage of Americans who say they watch too much TV, only half say they watch too much TV. 49%. Yeah. All right. Uh, child television statistics. The number of hours per week an average child watches TV, 24 hours Yeek. per week. In a day's time, a child would have watched 24 hours worth of TV. In a week's time, rather, they would have watched a day's worth of TV. The percentage of four to six-year-olds who, when asked to choose between watching TV, get this, and spending time with their fathers, preferred TV more than half. 
One out of every child will choose, I'd, I'd rather watch TV or cartoons and spend time with daddy or mama, okay? They'd rather be with, like, Phineas and Ferb than you, dude. <laughs> SpongeBob. Yeah. Average hours a year, American youth spend in school. Get this disparity. 900 hours. And the average hours a year, American youth spends with their TV, 1,200 hours. We spend more time watching TV <laughs> than getting education. <laughs> We spend more time looking at what we call the boob tube today than sitting in class learning or trying to uh, better our lives. Number of videos rented daily in the U.S., 6 million, and a percentage of Americans who say they watch too much TV is 49%. Let me, let me just say this real quick. Yo, here's the thing. And there's so much. Forget what the Bible says. Can we just put the Bible down just for five seconds? We'll come back to it. Don't get me wrong. I promise we will. There's, there's a bunch of scientific research out there. Yeah. That just tells you it's not a good idea to take your children and just throw them in front of the TV as a babysitter. Your kids, get, and my, my kids all the time, there's this thing now, I'm free, I'm free to preach now. My, my, my kids have this thing now where every time they see me, they, can, I, can I hold your iPhone? Can I, can I hold your iPad? Like, our kids now are addicted to these devices, and they play games on them all day long. And every time my kid asks for it, I say, no, I don't want you. Let's just sit in the car and ride today without looking at the phone. And so they say, why? I said, because it makes you dumb. It makes you dumb. Look at that. We saw the stats. It makes you dumb. There's enough. Forget the Bible. It's just, if you've been not a Christian, it's just dumb to spend a lot of time, especially with your children, letting them, con- you can't, you're not going to learn anything if you just consume media. Talking about it's educational. I was watching National Geographic. That don't help it at all either. Put <laughs> your head in a book. Go ahead. All right. That's just TV. How many of you own a smartphone? Come on now. Come on, everybody. Don't lie. We're in the house of God. How many of you own a smartphone? Yeah, everybody has one. How many of you are connected to social media in some way, shape, or form? Oh, man. Wow. 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 Everybody, all right? So we wanted to talk about some statistics about social media as well. First of all, mobile phones in the world, there's about 5 billion people who own mobile phones, okay? There's only 6.3 billion people in the world, all right? So that's obviously more than 75% of the world. Everybody has a phone. And there was a time in my mother's and father's day where nobody had a cell phone. Now I literally have everything that is on my computer on my phone right now. There, I'm controlling this presentation right now. There is nothing that I cannot do on my iPhone, not Galaxy, my iPhone. That I could not do on my computer. I don't even remember what life was like. What were we doing before we had phones? Right. When did texting start? I don't even remember. It just feels like it's been with me forever. Right. And I always have my phone, and I always feel bad when I put my phone down for a second, and I come back, and I don't have text messages. Like, I actually feel bad. Like, nobody loves me. Nobody loves you. Nobody cares about (laughs) me. But everybody has a mobile phone, okay? Here we go. Uh, Facebook, we all know about that. Everybody is involved in that. Twitter, Instagram, okay? But here are some statistics for you, and I want you to pay attention to what we're about to say. How smartphone users used their mobile phones in 2011. 92% of it was for text messages. (laughs) 84% internet browsing, 76% email, 64% played games, 69% used or downloaded apps, 59% uh, were involved in Facebook or social networking, and 48% used music videos. Now, mind you, actually talking to somebody on the phone is not even up there. Yo, Pastor, the crazy thing is there's some people in here trying to be hip. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. they went and bought them a smartphone, <laughs> they don't and know. you still <laughs> making phone calls on it. You wasted your money. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even for that. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's not even for that. <laughs> okay? Time spent statistics. 
Okay, time spent statistics. Uh, the, the, real quick, the, the bottom line here is this, is that the uh, people are spending a lot of time in social networking on their phones. Mm -hmm. In fact, most of the time, how many of you guys, do you, this is, uh, we don't need to look at these statistics. How many of y'all use social networking on your mobile devices? Raise your hands. Okay. All right. Okay. How Americans watch TV. Okay. Uh, 72% of us watch TV only. 17% of us watch TV and uh, TV, internet, and mobile. And 11% of us use internet and mobile only. But here's the thing we really want to get to. Uh, go ahead, Pastor. Take this one. Uh, okay. Well, it just says that the majority of you, peak time, right here. Look at <laughs> Y'all yeah. stealing, man. So peak time for watching TV on a computer is during the workday. While you're supposed to be working, rather. Mm -hmm. People are spending the majority of time at work on social networking. <laughs> I don't know how y'all get away with that. <laughs> All right, here we go. So this is important. Average time Americans spend on various activities per month. Please pay attention to this. From 2006 to 2011, things went up and things went down. Now watch this. Social networking went up, obviously. Everybody's using it. But notice phone, email, and mail went down socializing in person went down. Wow. In other words, people today are very socially awkward. They do not even know how to greet people or make right facial gestures and motions and things like that because we're so used to talking to people through our phones and rather through text messages or social media, all right? Uh, take, <laughs> taking care of household members went down. <laughs> people stopped taking care of their homes because of social media and technology. People's marriages, oh. people's marriages break, people's marriage, people's marriage, people's marriages breaking up off of Facebook. That's real talk. Yeah, mm. Let me just, let me, let me mm. get here for a second. Can I vent for a minute? Take your time. Listen, why, I don't understand why people put everything on Facebook. Like you got beef with somebody, so you come out on Facebook and express, I, I, I don't understand that. We are weak in the area of social socializing, dealing with people one-on-one. -on -one. Some, some folk put every thought on Twitter. I just don't get it. And you make, and matter of fact, my wife and I were talking about this the other day, and especially in the area of relationships, I'm noticing some of my young people, you know, they're, they're putting out stuff on, you know, about how they feel about somebody, how they don't feel, that they got dumped, and they got, like, why are you doing that? You breaking up with people on Facebook? You are a coward. It makes you a coward. Anyway, you hide behind some computer somewhere. Come tell me you don't want me no more in my face. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> media, 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 and technology. Okay? We want to let you know. We're not coming to bash this thing. Hold on, let me say something else. <laughs> like, some of you guys are getting in trouble on your jobs because you're emailing people stuff that you should be saying to them face-to-face. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm talking about, Pastor. I'm just saying, many of us, you, you go talk to somebody. Don't use, the, don't use the, the, the medium of media to, do, to deal with stuff. Amen? Somebody, somebody email, you email me that you don't like something I did. We, don't we go to say, don't, we, don't, don't you live down the street? That's not cool. Sorry, I wasn't in the presentation. Are you done? 
I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, media and technology. All right, we want to let you know. We're not coming to condemn this thing or to rebuke anybody for using it. That's what right. we really want to let you know is that technology is amoral. In other words, it is neutral. Media is neither good nor bad. It is really how it's used. It must be used wisely. Think of social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of these things as simply tools. I can use a tool for good or for bad. I can take a hammer and I can go out here and kill my worst enemy, or I can take a hammer and go and fix something or build something up. It's a tool and it matters how I use it, okay? So sometimes <laughs> we can use social media so much that we can become addicted to it, or rather we can become slaves to it. We just came through a series called Possess, and you will know full well that many of us can, just as much as we can possess something, we can be possessed by that thing as well. Okay, all right. A lot of us in this room are possessed by our cars. Amen, Pastor. Preach. We are possessed by our smartphones. Preach, Doc. We are possessed by fashion sense and the Preach. way we dress and our clothes. Things in this world do have the possibility of possessing us. And we have to be careful. The Word of God even agrees with me and the pastor. The Word of God says, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? It's the word of God. I just, I, I, confession is good for the soul, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Are y'all going to stone me if I admit this? Yeah. You will? <laughs> she said yes. <laughs> Deacons, <laughs> get out of here. Okay, I, 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 I have a problem. I, I worship football. Mm-hmm. We're praying for you, Doc. It's a problem for me. Mm-hmm. I know, I, I admit it, because there are, there, there are things that I should be doing. That's it. And I will not do it, mm-hmm. because I'm slave to it. I'm slave to it. I'm, I will rearrange things in my schedule. Oh, oh, oh. That's all right. <laughs> no, nobody, I'm hoping I get, oh, Pastor, we understand. We feel you. We're with you. But nobody's saying amen. Y'all are judging me right now. You, y'all don't, okay, that's all right. We're going to get you in a minute. I'll get you in a minute. That's all right. I just, the pastor, I just went out on myself. You did, you did. To help did. them out in a minute because mm-hmm. we're about to get them in a minute. Yes, sir. Go yes, ahead. sir. All right. <laughs> Willie's with you. Thank you. All right. So in this book, there are some topics that we discovered. First of all is watching unwatchingly. And you'll be surprised how many times all of us do this, okay? Watching. Many of us don't think about actively filtering our viewing. As long as we avoid the obvious, the obvious, the what? traps such as pornography and we don't consider deliberate evaluation necessary though we may faithfully apply the scriptures in other areas of life we may not consciously think about how God's word applies to our entertainment choices in other words while we are watching media and we're watching tvs and we are watching movies we are not really watching at all oh okay we're we're receiving from it We see it, we are excited by it, but little do we take time to deliberate. You know what? I wonder if God would be pleased with me watching this thing. Very little do we filter the stuff that comes into our minds or into our hearts. The hazard is what? Thoughtless. Thoughtless watching. Glorifying God is an intentional pursuit. We don't accidentally drift into holiness. Uh, Rather, we mature gradually and purposefully one choice at a time. Okay, so basically, growing in God is an intentional pursuit, okay? This is what we do as Christians usually. We wake up in the morning, we say, God, help me uh, give you glory, and then we bounce about our day. 
and just pray that something happens. You know, just whatever. God, get, get glory some way. I don't know. I'm walking, going to get a sandwich. I'm doing this. God, get glory some way through my life. This brother is saying that giving God glory must be an intentional pursuit on our part. Every decision that we make at some point when God gives us remembrance has to be filtered through God to ask ourselves, you know what? I really wonder if God is pleased with what I'm doing right now. Case of point, like a child. If, if a baby is born, healthy baby is born, uh, the baby is not going to learn how to walk on its own. Mm-hmm. And I know some of y'all here brag, I don't know, my baby, my child was walking before two months. You're a lie. <laughs> but it, it, here's a, you know, everybody's baby was, is better than the other baby. But anyway, uh, what I'm saying is, is a chi- you must force a child to learn how to walk. That's right. You've got to pick the child up. And, and stand back and say, and, you know, come to me and make faces and all that kind of stuff. The more you do that, eventually the child will walk. But I'm saying if you're not intentional about teaching the child how to walk, how to use the bathroom, how to talk and all those kinds of things, a child will grow old but not grow up. Mm-hmm. And many of us from a spiritual perspective, we're not intentional about our spiritual lives. We just, we just want God to just come down from heaven and just do everything in us and we do nothing. Lazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lifestyle of careless viewing should, should concern us. At best, careless viewing reveals and reveals an ignorance of the media's power of temptation. It probably indicates a degree of laziness as well, and we can't afford to be lazy in what our minds absorb. So here it is. We had to pull something from me from the spirit of prophecy. Guard the avenues, okay? Please listen to this carefully. Those who would not fall a prey to Satan's devices must guard well the what? Of the what? They must avoid what? What else? And what? That which will suggest impure thoughts. Notice she says that will, which will even suggest impure thoughts. The mind must not be left to dwell at random upon every subject that the enemy of souls may suggest. The heart must be faithfully sentineled. What is a, what is mm. a sentinel, pastor? Guard it. Like a Roman centurion standing on the gate, guarded. Or evils without, I love this, evils without will what? Awaken evils within. And the soul will wander in darkness. Help me out. No, I mean, bottom line is, is we, go to the next slide. Because mm-hmm. it's going to explain it in a, in, in a second. We think stuff doesn't bother us. We think we're above what we take in. Come on in here. Amen. 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 <laughs> All right. And we're going to illustrate right now what we're talking about. This is what we call watching with immunity. In other words, it's like it's like it's like you're around a disease that can be caught. It's airborne. Mm-hmm. But you're saying to yourself, it ain't going to happen to me. All right. So here it is. Here's some of the things we say. I would never do that. Oh, come on. Y'all know that. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's not real. What else? That would never happen. And they ain't right. Y'all know what that is, right? When you're watching somebody on TV and they're just doing something scandalous. And, uh, and it's just like, oh, I'll never do that, right? Because you're immune to it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's getting tense in here. For example, like porn. Let me give you an example. When I used to look at porn, I would convince myself that this ain't affecting my wife. It's not affecting my children. Mm-hmm. And then and initially, I would tell myself, it ain't bothering me. That's right. But listen, you can't, it's awakening stuff within mm-hmm. that's already there. Yes. You, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm becoming more of a horrible person 
because of what I am doing in secret, I'm not impervious to these things. By the way, we didn't even talk about porn, but it's almost most, most everybody watches porn. That's right. Not even admitting. In, in some way, shape, or form. In yeah. some way, shape, or form. Go ahead. <clears throat> All right. Here we go. Y'all know who these people are? I'm not sure. We're, what? No. Really? <laughs> that was your cue, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Real Housewives of where now? Real Housewives of Atlanta. The other okay. housewives don't even matter. <laughs> Nobody watches them. Just the housewives Let's of Atlanta. Let's deal with them right here. <laughs> yes, go ahead. Sometimes we can watch things and we're just like, you know what? Since I am a Christian or whatever, I would never do the things that they're doing. I would never involve myself in that. That's not real. They're playing around. I would never do these things. But what Sister White is telling us is that sometimes evil things, sometimes bad habits and bad traits are lying dormant inside of us. And the only thing you lack in your life right now is time, space, and opportunity. And as I say all the time, you never know what you are capable of doing. The more you feed your soul with whatever is going on, and again, I'm not condemning the Real Housewives of Atlanta. I don't think I've ever even watched a full show or anything like that. But what I am saying is some of the media and some of the entertainment that we take in can awaken something within us that we never thought would arise. Sometimes you don't even know it has arised. Now, before we go to the next yeah, slide, yeah, yeah. let's I'm take our time. Yet. Yeah, yeah. Take well, your see, time. One of the thing, here's the thing about them. You know, it, it amazes me that more people are watching the Real Housewives of Atlanta than they're watching the Real Housewives of Orange County, the Real Housewives of New Jersey. You know why? Because people love to see black people act crazy. Oh, that's right. That's right. Drama. I'm just going to say yeah, that yeah. right now. And here's the thing about these educated, wealthy women that are acting like, like five and six-year-old kids. Now, here's the thing about it is they messy. It's the, the whole show is just messiness. It's just all messy. And I'm just saying, you watch it and say, I'm not going to be messy. Mm-hmm. And you judge them while you watch it, about how messy they are. And pe- tell, tell them what they do. Tell what, you know, on reality TV, oh, yeah. they, like interview, what, what is it that they do? First of all, brothers and sisters, it's very hard to be real when you have a camera in your face all day. That's number one. That's all right? Ain't no such thing as reality it, 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 There's TV. no such yeah. thing as reality. For the simple fact that a camera is in the room, you automatically change how you are going to act. That's Psychology right. will tell you that. All right? So while they're in this room, they, 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 they throw up some drama. They make something happen. Somebody sleeps with this person. Somebody steals something from that person or whatever. Then they take that person and put them in a room all by themselves. <laughs> then they put a camera on them and give them a mic and say, how do you feel about that person? <laughs> how did that make you feel? Well, what are you thinking now? And immediately that person, obviously, because the camera's in their face, they're heated and they're angry at that point. They just begin to slander and cut <laughs> down that person and gossip. And we love all of these things because at the end of the day, we say, it's not me. It's not going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is not even real. Yeah, it ain't right. <laughs> all right. So now um, let's take a deep breath, everybody, and let's go to the next one. Okay. Let's go to the next one. Boom. Oh, hey. man. This is the, uh, (laughs) oh Lord, oh man, help us Lord. This is the series uh, that has gripped the world right now. The world. The world. The world, the world, the world, the world, the world, the world. Okay. Now this series basically features this woman right here, Olivia Pope. Don't ask me how I know her name. (laughs) Elder, there are times when we must see what they're watching. That's right. Oh yeah. You know. Amen, so that doc. we can preach this Amen, word. Doc. Amen. That's a good word. Amen. That's a good word. All right. <laughs> Olivia Pope, Carrie, Carrie Washington, whatever her name is, okay? <laughs> uh, she is. You know Al- all her names. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. <laughs> let's move. Let's move. Let's move. Um, she is in love with whom, y'all? Y'all know it. Come on, help me. 
the president of the United States, God, okay, who is married, by the way, who has made a covenant relationship with God <laughs> before man and God. She is what? She's sleeping with him, okay? She's in love with him. All of these things are going on, and surrounding uh, that small uh, nucleus or that story is a whole bunch of other scandals that are taking place. Now, why do we like that show? Somebody tell me. Loud, loud, loud and proud. Come on. Drama. What? Somebody said it's well written. Okay. So, 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 so is Playboy. She said, she said that. Playboy is well written as well. <laughs> okay. But what's funny about this is even Christians who watch this thing, and I've, I've had a chance to listen to some ladies talk about this show, and I'm, again, I'm not condemning anybody or anything like that. But we will say, man, she should really be with Fitz. But Fitz is married. <clears throat> Oh, but, come on. Y'all. Pastor, yeah, yeah, what yeah. you don't understand is uh-huh, his uh-huh. wife is horrible. Uh-huh. Oh, his wife is horrible. His yeah. wife is treacherous. And she she's talks horrible, too much. And yeah. she doesn't deserve to be with him. Right. That's why right. this woman right here, Olivia, needs to live, needs to be with the president. Right. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> That's what they say. That's what they say. It's true. That's what they say. It's true. So we even, and, and as you said earlier this right. morning, Media has, has a way of making villains heroes and heroes villains, okay? The example that we gave this morning was Tim Tebow, all right? Mm-hmm. Tim Tebow came out oh, yes. a professed Christian, all right? He, actually, they have footage on him. This guy is throwing the ball and singing, our God is an awesome God, all these things. He's kneeling down on the field. And because he did all of that, everybody's saying he's lame, he's corny, he's whack, he shouldn't be doing this or professing himself. He talks himself. about God too much. He talks about God too much. But then just a few days ago, Jason Collins, is that his name, right? Collins, came out the other day, and he is the first one to do it in all major sports, to proclaim to the world that he is a a practicing and a, a, a homosexual right now. And they praised him. They lift him up. They said, what courage, what courage <laughs> he has demonstrated. Right, right. And then a brother named Chris Broussard, who is from Cleveland, Ohio, who, is, uh, who works for ABC and ESPN. Uh, I love his work. But this, this brother gets on there, and they ask him straight up, because he's having a discussion. Whose mic is it? It might be. Let's switch to, you want to switch to that one? He's having a discussion about the whole issue of this, of this ball player coming out and admitting that he's gay. And so everybody is praising him for his courage, and finally we're taking steps in, 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 in sports and in society that we can finally be able to do this, and blah, 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 blah. And so Chris Broussard, who is a Christian, is having a debate with another Christian, and I put that in quotations, who happens to be homosexual. And this brother was saying, look, I, don't, I understand what you're saying, Broussard, but I am a Christian, and I am gay. And so Broussard responded and said, the way I see the Bible as a Christian, it's... You can't be a Christian and be a practicing homosexual. And listen, we're not, we're not, we're not, not casting dispersion mm-hmm. on people that struggle. Yeah, yeah. What we're saying is you can't, and he, and he didn't just say homosexuality. He says homosexuality is open rebellion. He said having sex before marriage is open rebellion. That's right. He said lying is open rebellion. Mm-hmm. Stealing is open rebellion. He said that's what the word of God teaches. When your boy Chris Boussard came out and expressed himself mm-hmm. under the, uh, what, what amendment is it for free speech? What amendment is that? What number is that? First Amendment of free speech, when he, or fifth, whatever it is, when he did that, everybody, he almost lost his job. That's right. And so the media, and the point we're making here is what the media says goes. Whatever the media says is right, is right. I got a cousin of mine, and she works for the CIA. 
And this is what she said. We were at home uh, watching television sometimes. We came in, we were watching CNN. And this is what she said. She said, what y'all watching? I said, we're watching the news. She said, remember, they only tell you what they want you to know. So you cannot base your truth off of what came on in the news the next day. That's right. That's right. That's right. So how our conscience works. Okay. So here's the thing. Um, and this is dealing with the whole thing of immunity. And, this, and we're really getting to, like, the main crux of this message mm-hmm. here now. Here's the thing. Why should we be more selective in what we watch? Why? Why? Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Because of the way your conscience works. All right? Over time, a good conscience that once was sensitive to the holiness of God uh-huh. and the conviction of the spirit can become seared, all right, or dulled, uh, losing all feeling. So here's the illustration. So most people think their conscience works like a light switch. So when they need to see, when they need to call something wrong, they turn it on. Or when they feel like, you know, let loose a little bit, they shut it down. <laughs> or when they need to acknowledge that something is wrong again, they say, okay, I, 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 I can handle this. I'll turn it back on again. But is that the way your conscience works? No, it does not. You cannot turn on and off your mm. conscience mm. because your conscience doesn't work like a light switch. Your conscience works more like a dull knife. Mm-hmm. In other words, the only way a knife can be sharpened is if somebody sharpens it. And the more use you have over time, the more dull it becomes. What are we saying to you? The more you consume things that are against the things of God, it will eventually get you to a place where you cannot even appreciate. Go ahead. Take this now, Pastor. Okay. Go ahead. So for most of us, because we've consumed so much media, we have so much external stimuli. This is us during church. I'm going to go sit down. <clears throat> Matter of fact, take a look at yourself right now. Take a picture. Of <laughs> Wake them up. <laughs> Are y'all seeing this? Her mouth is wide open. Her head is back. She is almost comatose right now. In church. In church. Okay. And here is what happens. Because, <laughs> because media and entertainment is all about excitement and flashing lights, and bells, and whistles. Now when we finally have time to come to the cross, or to come to God's word, or to come to the church, church is immediately boring, and we are turned off. But what we don't realize, and this is the thing, entertainment and media has become more real to us than God himself. When I went to Universal Studios, I took the tour. Uh, They took us through how they make the movies and everything like that. And I kid you not, brothers and sisters, just about every movie that you see on the screen, blockbuster or not, every movie that they make can be made in the confines of this room. Especially now. I'm thinking to myself, they have to go on location to get this shot. This person has got to be trained to jump out of this window and do all this kind of stuff. At the end of the day, he is jumping off of this. Okay, and they are making it seem like he's jumping off of a skyscraper or something like that. It is a huge illusion because they know that all of us love excitement. And because you are consuming so much of that, you expect that same thing from church and from God. And from God, which is why the pastor and I, we got to do flips and and, and do tricks and pull a rabbit out of a hat. And we got to do smoke screens and show you sparks and fireworks and all these kind of things. At the end of the day, we do not get excited by God anymore. Yeah, let me just say this. And uh, again, this is research based. So if you, even if you don't want to read the Bible on this, you know, I'm a little suspicious of all this ADHD stuff. That yeah. stuff wasn't around 20 years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm still in study on it, but I, I'm, I'm a little suspicious of this thing. But I, I would like to posit to many of us, especially with our kids, and we're and we embracing that stuff. 
I reject that in the name of Jesus. I do, I do not claim that, that, that scientific garbage that these kids ate. A lot of what it is, though, is if you raise your child in front of a television. Listen, do you need a scientist to come in and tell you that they got a, a attention deficit disorder? They can't pay attention? No. All they do is watch Spongebob and, and, and Phineas and Ferb all day and kick Patowski. How, how can you watch that all day long? That's right. For 24 hours. That's right. That's out of right. a week, according to the uh, statistics. And, and you got them on your, your, your mobile devices and all these things. Here's the thing that we're concerned about more than anything. Pastor Coxham and I should be able to stand up here, open the Bible, mm-hmm. and read. Mm-hmm. 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 And say amen. Mm-hmm. And you should be shouting. That's right. Amen. But the word of God has no power. The presence of many of us are uncomfortable in God's presence. It's much easier. I mean, I've had this. Why is it easier for me to spend a whole Sunday watching football than it is for me to spend a whole Sunday in the Word of God or with my family? Amen. We are, we are, come on, y'all. Come on. Now, y'all looking at me like this, man. I'm already feeling bad about this message. This message is already kicking my behind. At least smile and say, Pastor, we with you. Do you feel your boy in here? I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with Why you. is it that we have a hard time connecting with God and we need all kind of stuff to do it? Mm-hmm. Part of it is because God is no longer attractive anymore because other things in our media world are more attractive. And that's why you spend more TV, more time watching TV than you will in God's word or in prayer. That's why we don't got the Holy Ghost. That's why your boy is struggling too. Come Stop looking at me like that. Mm-hmm. I'm getting angry, man. I've watched so many violent movies. I want to throw the mic at somebody. <laughs> Which is why we can, we can even barely hear the voice of God from time to time. We cannot even hear God's counsel because God literally has to cut away so many things that we have put into God has to filter through the junk and roll over things and get around things in order to get to us because we filled our minds with so much entertainment and so much media and so much music. God has to go in and like a surgeon begin to cut things out of us so that we can hear his voice. It is so detrimental to our spirituality. It is not even funny. God is not entertaining and he should not have to entertain us. At the end of the day, we have, we have uh, movies today. They're all about excitement. I mean, it's just it's pure fun. It's pure fun for you to sit there and to enjoy it. God doesn't do all that. God just says, listen, I died for you. Serve me. I, I love you. Just, just serve me, please, and I, I, I'll bless you. I'll cause you to ride upon the high places of the earth. Yeah. And everybody in this room should be shouting on the word of God. We don't realize that when we come to church, we're not coming just to go through the liturgy of the service. It's not whether the pastor preaches a good message or the music is right because they play all the chords. At the end of the day, we came together to see God move. Oh, all right. All right. All right. Let me me give you an example. God loves you. That should have as much impact on you as God loves you. That's right. I said the same thing. But what we crave for is the excitement, mm-hmm. and this is exactly what we're saying, the still small voice of God. Mm. He can't get through mm. all the garbage that we have. And many of us, we, when we get down in prayer time, mm. come on, talk to me. Where are all my sleepers at that fall asleep oh, yeah, prayer oh, time? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Or when you're praying, you, you, you're thinking about Liv, <laughs> or you, you're thinking about the, the president, or you're thinking about the, the Cowboys or the Browns or whatever it is that's going on in your life. You can't even, you can't even get, get, get connected with God because you got so much going on in your mind. Mm. Ah, they're still looking at me crazy. It's all right. We've got it. We got I'm being it. judged right now. <laughs> Here we go. Coram Deo. Say it after me. Coram Deo. 
All right, this is a Latin word. What it basically means is before the face of God. What, what does this have to do with media? This author posits to us that everything we do in this world is before the face of God. Woo. Because God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. And if we are going to entertain ourselves and watch media and enjoy our lives, which there's no problem in doing, and I'm not telling you what to watch and what not to watch, but I am saying that you ought to be deliberate enough in your life and in your spirituality to say, I wonder if God would watch this thing with me. Mm, Okay, okay. I wonder if this would please God. I wonder if he would be okay with this. Before the face of God, does God not see everything? Is God not with us everywhere? This is the word of God. All right. Grace-motivated media consumption, okay? We'll get to this in just one second. Uh, If Paul talks in Ephesians uh, chapters 1 through 3, he starts off every one of his letters, every one of his books by saying this, God has done this, so you do this. He says, because God has given us grace, we should be motivated to live our lives in a deliberate manner. Every decision that you make should be uh, deliberate according to grace. Yeah, what God has done, this is very crucial. We're, We're coming to a close now. Uh, remember, Pastor, we only have an hour to get through <laughs> because after that, the TV show is over. Time for a commercial. Oh, yeah. What God has done for us must be clear before we before discussing what we're to do for him. And let me just make this. We talked about a lot of stuff. We put some slides up here of television shows and all that kind of thing. One of the things we said we're not going to do is we're not as pastors going to come down and say, don't watch this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. What we rather would do if we would rather lay principles out you, to yeah. you from God's word mm-hmm. that you have to therefore then go wrestle with God on. The problem is with church is we want everybody to tell us what to do. That's right. But the scripture says, find out mm-hmm. what pleases the Lord. Yeah. In other words, it's not my job as a pastor to run around here and tell you what you're supposed to be doing. Your job is to get with God and say, God, can I take you here? God, can, can, is this relationship pleasing to you? Father, is, is, is this media thing that I'm doing, is this something that makes you happy? That's your job, and I'm not going to hell on account of anybody's sins, uh, including mine. Come on, say amen. You have got to make up your mind personally that I want to find out what pleases God. But first you must start with what God has done for you. And we shouldn't have to shout and hang from the rafters about the goodness of God. Has the Lord not been good to you? What has he done for you? That should motivate every decision you make from this point on. All right. The book of Ephesians. Let's go to the word of God and see what it says. If you have out your Bibles or you can just look up here and read with us. Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to go verse by verse and break this thing down and see what Paul says about media. Okay. Ephesians 5. Number one. Follow. Follow. Do what? God's what? Therefore, as dearly loved children. The example I gave earlier this morning in the first service is this. I love my father. Okay? Anthony Coxum is the person that I admire most in my life. Every time that the pastor and I are talking, we're talking about anything or any problems in my life, don't I always bring up my father? And I quote to you, well, my dad used to say this, and my dad would do this. If I become half the man that my dad is, I will be happy with my life. Amen. I love him because he is my father. And some things I do in my life or I don't do, I don't do it just because I have scriptural basis to back it up. Some things I do or don't do in my life just because my dad said so. And I trust him enough with my life that whatever he says, I know he's not going to hurt me. I love my father. Paul is saying that we ought to love God the exact same way. We ought to emulate him as dearly beloved 
children. Everything that God does, we do. Wherever God goes, that's where we go. Paul says we should follow him. Verse 2. The Bible says, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us mm-hmm. and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. <laughs> but among you, <laughs> there must not even be a hint My Lord. of sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. Or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Mm-hmm. This, this whole, whatever Paul is saying here, what he's saying, sexual immorality or any kind of greed, uh, impurity, all these things are improper for God's holy people. This is antithetical to the world, y'all. The world does not tell us this. The world, in fact, tells us the exact opposite. It tells us, this is okay, it's cool. Celebrate it. Celebrate it. It's all right, it's whatever, ha, 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 laugh, 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 it's funny, funny, funny. Paul said there should not even be a hint of sexual immorality, and not only that, because we don't want to stay there, like this is the biggest, worst sin of all. Paul says any kind of impurity or of any greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Verse 4. Nor should there be uh, obscenity. Foolish talk, the blood of Jesus, or coarse joking, the blood of Jesus, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Mm. What's obscenity, y'all? Come on, somebody. What's obscenity? Cursing. Having a foul mouth or a dirty mouth, maybe telling dirty jokes. I don't know. Paul says even coarse joking, foolish talk. In other passages of scripture, he even says empty words. Words that you just spit out, that you just talk all day because sometimes some of us have diarrhea of the mouth and we just talk, 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 talk and can't close our mouths. At the end of the, this is the word of God. God's word says even that is, is, is a sin to God, which are out of place. But rather, the things that should come out of our mouth are words of what? Praise. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving unto God. Yep. For of this, you can be sure no immoral, mm. impure, or mm-hmm. greedy person. Mm-hmm. Such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Wow. Uh, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Verse 7, therefore, do not be partners. Uh, uh, I missed it. Where'd you go? Verse, verse, verse 6. Okay, therefore, do not be partners with them. Verse 8, for you uh-huh. were once darkness, but, but wrath comes. But now you are light in the Lord. Live. <laughs> As children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Mm-hmm. And here's the point we want to jump off on. And find out what pleases the Lord. Yeah. I think this is the main point of this entire message today, brothers and sisters. This verse right here. I wish you would mark this thing in your Bibles and really think about this thing. Paul says, find out. What does that mean? Search, seek after, dig. Be deliberate. Find out what pleases the Lord. The major problem we have with media and entertainment today is that we just have a whatever attitude. Whatever's on the screen, that's what we're going to watch. It it doesn't matter. I'm going to watch it. If it's in the movies, I want to go watch it. We are no longer intentional. The, The problem is thoughtless watching. We are not intentional about what we watch. When we turn on the TV, it's like, oh, this looks good. We just watch this thing. There's nothing wrong with this or whatever. We're not thinking to ourselves, you know, I wonder, man. I I really wonder about this thing. This is causing me to have temptation. This is causing me to to go down a wrong pathway, what have you. We have to be willing to filter everything that we watch in our lives. I will testify on this. When we did that 40-day fast, you guys remember when we said no TV for 40 days? Oh, y'all don't remember? Oh, y'all must have not. Y'all must have been watching TV then. 
Actually, I did have a bunch of people that said, Pastor, I'm, I'm going to fast from everything else, but not the TV. Look, of all the things, fast from the TV. But anyway, one of the things I realized is when I went without television for 40 days and I shut down social media and I shut down Twitter, man, I began to hear God. Can anybody bear testimony to that? I started hearing God. Amen, sis. I started hearing God like I had never heard him before mm-hmm. because my mind was decluttered. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the Bible says, then I could test and prove what God's will is. Mm-hmm. But some of us, we already got, listen, some of you already got all kind of hell going on in your life already. And then in addition to that, we watch hell. So we got double hell going on in our lives. And that's why many of us won't even praise God. Mm-hmm. We will not even praise his name. We are not even excited about God. When we come up in here on Sabbath, I don't care what your personality is. If, if you're going to do it in heaven, you do it down here. Man, this joint should be like a rally. Yeah. This should be like pre-game show before the Browns game. Mm-hmm. Because you are so excited of what God has done in your life. And everybody's smiling. Yeah, Pastor, that's cute. That would be cute if we did that one day. But I'm amazed at how excited we get about media, mm-hmm. how excited we get about stuff. Some of y'all same folk up in here that would not shout in church, would leap off your couch and dance if the, if the Browns won the Super Bowl. That may never happen. Oh, you know that's right. So you got to choose to pray God first. That's right. Verse 11. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful. We're going to come back to that. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up up sleeper rise from the what and christ will shine on you many of us are being lulled to sleep we're we're dull we're in a stupor right now because of entertainment we don't even know what we're supposed to be doing with our lives we are living our lives vicariously through olivia pope Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Verse 15, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity Preach that. because the days are evil. Sometimes it's not an issue. In fact, all of the time when it comes to entertainment and media, it's not so much an issue of right or wrong. Oh, that's good. It's yep. an issue of being wise or unwise. Sometimes there are better things you could be doing with your time. Preach, Doc. (laughs) Y'all not hearing me today. There are some things that you're supposed to be doing that God wants you to do, and the only reason you're not doing it is because you are asleep or dead in a stupor. You have been lulled to sleep by all these sitcoms on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and I'm confessing right now because I do this myself. I could be so much more productive in my life. At the end of the day, it's more about the opportunities that God gives you that you have taken for granted because we are such in a stupor today. Yeah, let's get to the three principles and wrap this thing up. Three principles that we want to lay out to you to help you in being more discerning. Somebody Mm. shout discerning. Mm -hmm. And look, we ain't saying, you know, don't, listen, we're saying we want to be more wise. Amen. Yeah. Number one, view proactively. Oh. Say that, everybody. Say it again, everybody. View proactively. All right, this is what it says. Viewing for God's glory requires Whew. responding to temptations as they arise. This means, I tremble as I read this. Yeah. We press the remote, click the mouse, or walk out of the environment when we discern that our entertainment displeases the Lord. 
abstain, wow. the word of God says in 1 Thessalonians 5.22, from every form of evil. Let the church say, pray, Lord. Pray, pray, pray. Somebody say pray. Somebody say pray. Mm-hmm. Pray there. Pray there. That's a bold move. Go ahead. Yeah, let's just be honest about this thing. There are some times when we ought to turn the TV off. Change there, the channel. Time does come when we actually should walk out of the theater. Oh, y'all don't receive that, do you? When the, you have done it, I have done it as well. When I was at Andrews, I went to see a movie. I didn't know what it was about. I just went with somebody. I went to the movie. All kind of demonic scenes and demonic images came across the screen. I mean, dude, seriously, there are times in our lives where we have to escape the environment that we are in. We take that joint for granted. In the Bible, isn't there not a story about the seven sons of Sceva who tried to, you know, uh, they tried to uh, cast out a demon and the the demon said to them, listen, I know Paul and I know Jesus, but who are you? They tried to wrestle the thing and the demon wrestled them back, beat them down into the dirt and then jumped into them. We have to be careful about what we watch. There comes a time, there's a certain limit, and and I might want to add this too before we move on. I know we're about to close. But sometimes your limit is different from somebody else's. Sometimes it's your heat. If you don't like going to the movies, that's, that's your bad. I mean, that's, that's on you. If it's a temptation for you, that's for you. But don't put that heat on somebody else. Yeah, because you're sitting up there watching uh, Murder, She Wrote. Oh, ain't nothing wrong. I'm watching Perry Mason, Pastor. Mm. See, all the old school folk know what I'm talking about. This is Matlock. Ain't nothing bad with that. But it's killing and murder on there, too. It's just nicely done. Point is, is what you want me to do is you want us to say, don't do this, don't do this, don't do that. No. And that's not the way you need to wrestle with God on your own. I never forget. I never shall forget. And, uh, you know, of course, old school church says you don't go to the theater. So what happens when you when they start making Christian movies and you put them in there? I guess you shouldn't go watch them either, huh? Help me out. <laughs> we, have, we have Christian. We have Seventh-day Adventist film producers who are producing films like The Great Controversy. Quality and they films. will be in the theater. Yeah. You stay at home if you want to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to go see the gospel. Come on, say amen, That's somebody. Right. Now, here's my point here. That's, you, you be convicted and persuaded in your own mind. But what's even worse, and there's a text coming soon, where many of us, we watch stuff at home. It's just as bad. Same movie. And, and you think that you're above somebody because they go to the picture show. Look at the next verse, Pastor. I will walk with integrity of heart within <laughs> my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. That's the word of God. We have gotten less amens today mm-hmm. than in the history As we moved on. Of this yeah, that's great. Yeah, I know. Second principle listen, view accountably. View accountably. It's worth asking ourselves, does anyone know what I watch or how much I watch? And let me try to flip that question just a little bit. Would you be comfortable telling others what you watch in your private time? It's a question we have to wrestle with. That's a good question. All right, last principle. View gratefully. Gratefully. The scripture says, and this is probably the 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 text that you would use just for about anything. Mm -hmm. Finally, brothers, y'all read this with me. Whatever is, whatever is. Whatever is, whatever is, whatever is, whatever is, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And so the, it just in, in, in the, the last point we want to make is simply this. We're not simply just here trying to tell you what the Bible says don't do. I have found 
that anything God tells me not to do is because he wants me to do something better and far superior. That the enemy, I believe the enemy is trying to get us all like focused on this thing Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. he doesn't want us to see the thing that God has for us Mm -hmm. that's greater than that. He wants us to be consumed with stuff that really has no value to us. All right. So some questions to ask. If you look right now, you've got a sheet of paper in your hand. If you don't have one, just raise your hand real, real quick. We don't want to take too much time with this. There's a whole bunch of questions on that sheet. That you can use to filter your viewing, your entertainment, or your media. Listen. If you take need it. one, raise your hand. Hold on. Yeah. See if you need one, raise your hand real quick. This is good for parents. This mm-hmm. is good for anybody. Yeah. This is uh, extremely uh, important. Uh, and we're not going to read through them all, but these are just, they just help you to try to make better. De- How many want to make better decisions with what you do with your time and what you put in your mind? Amen? That rhymed. That might be a rapper. All right. We're just going to look at the first, the first one, Pastor? Sure. First one. Yeah, okay, yeah. go ahead. Let's look at the first, first few. These are some questions you should ask when you're trying to discern, should I be engaging this kind of entertainment? Should I go to the club? Mm-hmm. I'm a Christian. Should I go sit down at the bar have, and have a drink, whatever? What kind of questions? These are questions that help us to discern what is right. Let's go. And really, media and, in- and internet consumption is really an issue of stewardship. Stewardship of time, okay? Now watch these questions. Am I skipping or delaying something important in order to watch this now? How many of you do that? Come on now. (laughs) I know I do. What are my other social internet options besides watching television or going out to see a movie? How much time have I already spent on media today? Sometimes it would do us a great deal of value just to turn off our phones. Woo! Not put it on silent. Turn it off, okay? How much time have I spent surfing the internet, sometimes aimlessly, not even looking for anything, just on there because I ain't got nothing else to do? How much time have I spent blogging or maintaining an online presence through social network sites? And here's the one I really like. In the last week, how much time have I spent on spiritual disciplines? Have I prayed this week? I mean, really. Have I spent as much time in prayer as I have on Facebook? Woo! Have I read my Bible? Do I do my devotion on a regular basis? Okay. Building, have I spent time building relationships or serving in my local church compared to time spent consuming media? After investing the time to view this, (laughs) will I look back on it as time well spent? We're getting ready to close. Let me tell you something. You have a card in your hand. That card, it's a small card. How many have this card? Do you have it? We're about to make a decision. In this card, it says something to avoid and something to pursue. Mm Mm-hmm. What we want you to do right now as you're dealing with God is to write down something that you need to be avoiding, that you're doing, whatever it is. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it has something to do with media, whatever it is in your life. Uh, let me just have the musicians to play for us right now. There is something mm-hmm. that you should be avoiding so that you can pursue something else. And then there's something you should be pursuing. You, you might want to say, I need to spend more time with my family. I need to spend more time with my kids. I need to spend more time on the word. I need to pursue a degree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to be more.